Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Welcome those watching uh, online tonight. It's not by accident that you're watching. I believe the Lord has something for you. And it's, it's not necessarily going to come from me. It's going to come through me to you. And so he has a word for you. He knows who you are. He knows what you need. And now you're going to hear words that's going to help you to, to take what he's given and cause it to be real and tangible in your life. Hallelujah. Welcome aboard. We're glad you're here tonight. Glory to God. Well, let's get out our Bibles. Let's get out our, our workbook, so to speak. And let's get into what Jesus said. You can go on over to the New Testament, the gospel that was penned, uh, you know, through Mark. The Holy Spirit gave it to him to pen and to write down. And now it's here over 2,000 years later for us to see and to feed upon. Mark chapter 16, verse 17. And let's, let's trust the Lord for not only for, for utterance for me to speak. <laughs> How many of you know I need help? You know, I can't impart life to you. I can't create revelation to you. But you know, he can, he can give me words and he can take the words that I speak and his anointing will come upon them and take that which I'm doing in the natural and cause it to be supernatural. So Father, I thank you for the anointing tonight. You told us quite clearly that each one of us has received an anointing from you and we know all things. So you are the anointing, Holy One. You're the one empowering us to, to extract life from the words that are spoken by the Holy Ghost and by the Word of God. I say each one of us have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. And I say that the eyes of our spirit are enlightened, that, that supernatural heavenly light is coming to us in Jesus' name. Everyone believe and said, Amen. Amen. Now, notice this, this portion of Scripture. This is after the passion of Jesus. This is after his resurrection and him going to the mercy seat and placing his blood there in the holies of holies in our behalf. And then he came back to earth and he helped the, the troops, so to speak, the early church, those that were going to be the foundation of what he would build upon them. He gave them instruction. So this is just prior to his ascension and his being seated at the right hand of God. And he talked about the, the, the believers being empowered. I'm not sure that, that we think about that very much as believers. That, that we have been empowered by God to fulfill his plans on the earth. 
Too many believers think God just does things apart from us, but that's just not true. We are the body of Christ. Your head doesn't do anything independent of your body. When your body's, or when your mind says, pick up your Bible, how many of you know that my head's not picking up the Bible, it's my body? Amen? And so Jesus, he's seated at the right hand of God. And him on earth is through you. You're his body. You're his expression. He's working through you to will and to do of his good pleasure here on the earth. And so we have an empowerment. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He says that in my name, these that believe, number one, they'll take authority over the enemy, over the devil, his darkness, and all of the fruit of his sin that he brought into the earth. And this is what I want you to see tonight. This will be our subject matter. And he says that you shall speak. Who's going to speak? It says in the King James, they shall speak. But we see here that they are them that believe. See, this is talking to them that believe. How, how many believers we got here tonight? <laughs> Aren't you glad you're a believer? You're not a scoffer? You're not a doubter? No, you're a believer. How about out there in streamland? How many believers do we have? Aha, let me see you. Let me see your hands. Glory to God. Amen. So in, in, in reality, Jesus, in this verse of Scripture, is now speaking to you and I. You see, the only Scripture that will do you or I any good are, is the Scriptures that we take personally. We receive them as God speaking to us. Hallelujah, that's how we got saved. You no longer were the world in whom God loved. You're that individual whom God loved and gave his son Jesus. Hallelujah. So here this verse is talking to you, and Jesus is saying to you, because you're a believer, you're going to speak. Didn't say he was going to speak. Says the believer will speak. Remember, everything that, the, that God does on the earth, every expression, everything that is accomplished is through his body. Hallelujah. And sometimes he'll do things that looks like he did it by himself, but there's people in behind the scenes that are praying and believing God and interceding, and that's why he's able to do those things. Hallelujah. That gets me excited. That he's, he's looking to you and I to facilitate his mission and his cause on the earth. He says that you and I, as a believer, we're going to speak with new tongues. We're going to speak with new tongues. Now, if this is, if this is the first time you've heard someone teaching on this subject matter, don't change the dial. <laughs> Hang around. This, remember, this is Jesus speaking. I didn't say that, that we'll speak with new tongues. Jesus said that we would speak with new tongues. So just, just give us a little time to, to see what he's talking about here. Understand that new tongues, as it says here in the King James, is just simply a heavenly language. Jesus is saying you shall speak by the help of the Holy Spirit. We'll see later on. You're going to speak by the ability given to you by 
the Holy Spirit. And he's going to speak through you with the words that you say, the words that you form, the breath that you give to his words. You're going to speak in a language, says over there in Corinthians, the language of angels or the language of heaven. I think it's pretty easily easy to understand that in the natural, if I go to a place like England or France or Germany or Mexico, they're going to speak their own language. Even in Great Britain, I've heard them speak over there and I don't understand what they're saying. They have their own slang. They have their own way of speaking. Certainly, I don't understand when I go to France or if I go to Germany or Mexico because they're speaking the language of their nation. Well, heaven is its own entity. It's its own place. And it's the home of God and our home, for that matter. Well, they speak their own language up there. And truth be told, even the devil doesn't understand what's being said. You can talk to God in a heavenly language by the help of the Holy Spirit. And the devil's just going, he doesn't understand a word that's being said. So it's a coded message. Amen. It's, it's pretty powerful. So understand that Jesus is saying, because he says to them that believe. So these individuals who will be empowered with the Holy Spirit to speak in this heavenly language, they're already a believer. So that's the only requirement to receive this gift. This gift of the Holy Spirit is received after we've been born again. Now I'm going over here to Acts chapter 19. Now, let me, let me say this, that we're coming into a time that is going to be vitally important that you and I step it up in this area of speaking with the help of the Holy Spirit in new tongues or other tongues or in this heavenly language. Because there's going to be so much going on as we get closer and closer to the return of Jesus. We're going to have to have help. We're going to need help with the Holy Spirit to pray. Now look over here, Acts chapter 19. And this is the Apostle Paul. And he's traveling to another place to preach the gospel. And it says that he passed, Paul passed through the upper coast and then came to Ephesus. And notice here, he found certain disciples. So he found a group of individuals and he assumed that they were believers. So he asked them a question in, in verse 2. He said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Other translations say, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Isn't it interesting that that's the first question that he asked them? Have, have you ever met someone finding out that they're a Christian? Do we even ask them that question? Do you speak, 
Do you speak in heavenly language? Do you speak in tongues? But apparently, in the early church, this is a very important part of the believer's life to have this gift of the Holy Spirit. So Paul comes right out and says, have you received this gift, this infilling of the Holy Spirit since you've believed? Notice it says, since you believed. Have you received this gift since you believed? You could say it this way. Have you received this gift after you received Jesus Christ? Once again, just enforcing that that's the only requirement to be filled. Now, check this out. It goes on to say, in, as we go along, they say, well, we've not such as heard them. In verse 2, Acts 19, he says, we haven't even heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And then Paul goes deeper to find out what they did believe. And he said unto them, what then were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism. Now understand that John's baptism was the baptism of repentance. He was being a, uh, he was preparing the Jews for the coming Messiah. So he was getting them mindful of their sin. He was getting them mindful of the need of a savior, the Messiah, who was about to, to break forth on the earth. And so he had them be baptized, confessing their sins in preparation of Jesus. But how many of you know that water baptism can't save you? Hallelujah. So Paul said, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, that should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And it says in verse 5, when they heard this, so the words that they heard is the word that they stood on to confess Jesus. When they heard this, verse 5, they were then baptized in the name of Jesus. So in the act of baptism, they confessed Christ as their Savior, and they were born again. So right here in verse 5, these, these, these individuals that Paul meets, they have what? Received the Lord, the, the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is now, by the Holy Spirit, living in their heart. They were born of the Spirit. But there's a second experience, and that's what we're talking about tonight. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Look what happens in verse 6. Now, after all these were now saved, it says in verse 6, And when Paul laid his hands upon them, what happened? The Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, came where? On them. Notice it didn't say in them. Well, the Holy Spirit's already in them. Why? They were born of the Spirit. He came in, recreated their spirit, and now lives in them. He's actually a well of water now, springing up into everlasting life. But this second experience with the Holy Spirit, it comes on us. It's a anointing. It, you, you would say from the Old Testament, it was a cloak 
or a garment that came on an individual. It says that the Holy Spirit came on them. How do we know? Because it says they spoke with what? Tongues or with a heavenly language. Notice it says that they spoke. See, many times when people are attempting to receive this gift of the Holy Spirit, they think he's going to talk. They think they just open their mouth and their mouth is just a speaker and then the Holy Spirit speaks out of your mouth. But that's not what happens. See, the Lord uses your breath. He uses your vocal cords. He uses your voice. You'll recognize your voice while you're speaking in other tongues. So we do the speaking. Holy Spirit gives us the ability to speak in that heavenly language. So I want you to look at this again. Acts 19.6, because there may be those watching tonight. And you've been wondering about this gift for a while, and, and, and you're hungry to receive the gift. Well, it's real simple. You know why it's simple? It's a gift. It's as easy to receive as salvation. You just believe with your heart, and then you step out. And that gift will manifest by the Holy Spirit that comes upon you. Notice again, I want you to see two very obvious steps to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Number one, a believer who was already filled laid hands on them. Paul, already being filled, it tells us over there in Corinthians that he spoke in tongues more than all those that were in that church at Corinth. And if you read 1 Corinthians, you'll find out they spoke in tongues a lot. And sometimes they were disruptive in the service. They were crying out in other tongues. So Paul, who was a spirit-filled believer, laid hands on those believers wanting to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Notice it says that the Holy Ghost came on them. You see the pro progression? Paul prays over them, lays hands on them, releases his faith for them to be filled in the name of Jesus. Then it says that the Holy Spirit came on them. But then they had to do something. They had to initiate faith. They had to step out and begin speaking. Well, how can I speak a language that I don't know? I just told you, by faith. You just start for forming the words that the Holy Spirit gives you. And as you get more confident and more yielded, it's just going to begin to flow out of you. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost came upon them. They spake and they were filled. So just look at how this works. You want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Then find a believer that's already filled. And tell them to lay hands on you in the name of Jesus. And you say, and I will be filled. And just have them lay hands on you and say, receive now the Holy Spirit. And he will flow and come on you. But then, that third step is, you've got to speak. In the 38 years that my wife and I have been pastoring, we have never had one person that failed to be filled when we laid hands on them 
as long as they would start giving breath to the words the Holy Spirit was giving them. Those that don't receive are, are up here in their mind and they're waiting for something to happen so that they can believe then. But the ones that received are the ones they believe that the Holy Spirit has come on them because hands were laid on them. And then they begin to voice words and words that they hadn't learned would begin to come out in the way of an utterance from their mouth. And it's glorious. At first, we're a little clumsy with it. Just like a baby that's just learning how to, to form words. It's the same way with a Christian. I remember that I just had tones at first that came out. But as I got more and more comfortable, my faith can continue to grow in that area. Obviously, because I'm reading scriptures about it. And it just got to the place where then words, notable words were being formed. And then sentences. And then I noticed that sometimes the language would change. It's very diverse. It's called divers or different kinds of tongues. There's different varieties and, and different words that will come out. But it's all by the Holy Spirit. And it's a language that you haven't learned. So the words that you're speaking, your mind doesn't know what you're saying. The Bible says it this way, the mind is unfruitful. And that's okay. Because you're not talking to your mind. You're talking to God. And he understands every word and every expression. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's go in here a little bit further. I want you to understand that it's the will of God for every believer to receive this gift of the Holy Spirit. Now remember, as a believer, you already have him on the inside. And he's there to help you personally. But when we get him on the outside or upon us, then there comes an empowerment to help others. And that's why it's so important. Now, let's, let's determine that it's the will of God for every believer to be filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Go over to Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5. And go down to verse 17. Ephesians 5, 17. And from the King James, it, it says it this way, Wherefore, be not unwise. So he doesn't want us to be ignorant. He doesn't want us to be unknowing, unwise. But he says, I want you to understand what the will of the Lord is. So in the next verse, we're going to find out what the will of God is. He goes on to make a comparison, a natural example of a spiritual experience. He says, do not be drunk with what? With wine, because that's excess, wherein is excess. But instead of being filled with earthly, natural wine, be filled with a heavenly wine, or as the Bible calls it, new wine. Be filled with the Spirit. Now remember, verse 17 says that you and I are to understand what the will of the Lord is. Well, then he tells us what it is. 
that every believer would be filled with the Spirit. Understand that this gift is not just for those in ministry. It's not just for those who are, how do we say it, you know, spiritually mature or spiritually qualified. That's the furthest thing from the truth. Because we just saw that example in Acts chapter 19 that these guys were only born again for less than an hour, maybe only born again for a couple of minutes. And they received the baptism, the infilling, the gift of the Holy Spirit upon them, and they all spoke with other tongues. I can remember, I'm not really sure when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm thinking it was within the first year of having received Jesus Christ. And I was working uh, for my spiritual dad, uh, Neil Sprague, and I was up in the, the lion's uh, stone quarry. I was working outdoors producing a stone as a building product. So we're working outside and we're cutting stone and we're stacking stone, stone to be sold. And I had someone that was on the other side of my machine. I was running the cutter and I was cutting the stone. But this guy around the other side of the cutter, he was taking what I was cutting and then stacking it on a pallet. And so we're just going along. I, I think it was early afternoon. He came around uh, the cutter, the machine I was operating, and he came up to me and he said, the, the Lord told me to lay hands on you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. When was the last time you were at work and someone came up to you and said that? <laughs> I, I was pretty much taken back by it. I had heard about being filled with the Holy Spirit. I was going to a church. There's what you would call a Spirit-filled church, meaning that the Holy Spirit was preached upon, it was practiced, it was received. Gifts were operating in that church. And so I knew what he was talking about, and so I, I shut the cutter off, and we gathered all the rest of the crew. There was probably maybe six or eight of us and he came over, and he, now this is just an ordinary young man. I mean, I think he was 18 years old. At that time, I was probably 20, I would have been 24 years old. And so to me, he's this kid, <laughs> this teenager. You know, I'm, I'm now 22, 24 years old. And so he lays his hands on my belly. Now, I don't want to go into much detail about what I experienced because every experience is different. And if I tell you my experience, then you'll wait for that experience for you to be filled, and that's not how it works. But the key was, is he laid hands on me in Jesus' name and said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's all you need to know. And when he laid hands on me, I could sense the Holy Spirit. And yet, nothing was happening. Remember, just three steps to get filled. Lay hands on them in Jesus' name. Then the Holy Spirit comes on that believer. And then what do we do? We begin to speak. Well, the reason nothing was happening is because I wasn't speaking. I was like many other people that 
that come to be filled with the Holy Spirit, they're expecting more of God in the filling than more of themselves in being filled. And so I just kept waiting for something to happen. How many of you know that that's not faith? That's not faith. Faith says, the word says, when you, when you lay hands on someone, they are, the Holy Spirit comes on them, and then you begin to speak. And so you believe now the Holy Spirit is on you, regardless of how you feel or what evidence that you have that he's on you. He's on you because he said he's on you when you lay hands on them in Jesus' name. Well, after a little couple of minutes of awkwardness of nothing happening, I began to give breath to two words. And again, this is, this is receiving a gift that's completely separate from your mind because it's spiritual. Now, it does have to manifest through that which is natural. But all the while, my mind it, it doesn't have a clue of what's happening. And I just began to, to, to speak out. It was more of a tone than a word. But I kept saying it over and over again. And I knew that it wasn't coming from me thinking about that and saying it. It came from my spirit. It's very difficult sometimes to explain a spiritual experience. But all, that's all I had gotten was one utterance, not even a word, more like a tone. But then when I got in private, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm feeding on the word of God in terms of receiving this gift of the Holy Spirit, my faith is being encouraged. My faith is being strengthened. Confidence is rising up inside of me. And within a, a week or two, I'm speaking in a language. And it was all because of some 18-year-old kid came up to me and said, the Lord told me to lay hands on you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I said, okay. Number one, a spirit-filled believer laid hands on me in the name of Jesus. Number two, the Holy Spirit came on me. Number three, I believed that, acted on that, began giving breath by faith to words. And they come up from your spirit and out of your lips and your tongue and your vocal cords with the breath that you're speaking. And that experience has been with me now all these years. It's a tremendous asset. It's, we're going to look at a couple of things. Probably won't get into it tonight. But I'm telling you that this is something that you as a believer needs. That's why Jesus said that the believers shall speak with new tongues. That's why Paul said, hey, have you received this gift since you believed? It's not just for those who are in some kind of a pulpit ministry or a public ministry is for every believer. And not only that, 
every believer that is filled and speaks with other tongues, you can lay hands on those that have yet to be filled and get them filled. I'll tell you a little story here. I don't know if we're going to get to it yet tonight. But before I even knew that Mary and I had a call to ministry, we were laying hands on every person we could to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And God was using us to get them filled. And we were just little baby Christians. I was still having to go to the table of contents to look up where books were in the Bible. I could barely quote John 3, 16. But all we were doing was acting on the Word of God by faith. And guess what? He always honors His Word, regardless of who's standing on it regardless of who's acting upon it. Amen? So, it says that it's the will of God to be filled with the Spirit. Notice the next verse, 19, in Ephesians 5, it says, speaking. That's when you know you're filled, when you're speaking in that heavenly language. Now, let's look at this. Why are we so emphatic about being filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of other tongues? Why, why do we talk about it so much? Why do we say that every believer needs to be filled? Now remember, you don't have to go to, you're not qualified for heaven because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're going to heaven because you've been born of the Spirit. Amen. But, Jesus is telling us that believers will speak in other tongues. Why is it so important? I want you to go over and listen to what Jesus said. Go to Acts chapter 1. Now, again, this is before Jesus... ascended up into that cloud and went to sit down at the right hand of God the Father. So he's addressing the early church. He's addressing those that were his disciples. And he tells them of the promise that he will send the Holy Spirit to be in the life of the, of the, of the believer. Now re realize, here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, He's speaking to those that were already born again. Over there in John, the Bible says that he breathed on them and they received the Holy Spirit. They were already born again. So the Spirit he's talking about is not being born of the Spirit. He's talking about being filled or having the Spirit come upon you. So he's telling people like Peter. He's telling people like John. He's telling people like his mother, Mary. Remember, she was in the upper room, too, on that day of Pentecost. He says, I want you to go and wait for this promise, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, why? Verse 8. Again, this is Jesus speaking. But you, the recipient of this baptism, this infilling, this Spirit coming upon you, you shall receive power. You shall receive power. 
Well, when do we receive the power? When the Holy Spirit is come where? On you. You can see in the book of Acts whether the Spirit is coming in or coming upon just by how it is, it is written. You can understand when it's talking about the Spirit within or the Spirit upon. Here Jesus is talking about the Spirit upon. Now look at this. He says that you shall be empowered. You shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come on you and you, the one who receives this power, shall be what? My witnesses. His what? His witnesses. Now remember, remember the mandate that Jesus gave us. He told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Right? Well, my world begins in my house. Those under my roof or the roof that I live under, my family. That's where my world begins. Then my world gets extended to those who live around me in my neighborhood. And then from there, my world gets bigger when I have a job. And I've got co-workers and bosses and, and all that goes with it. And all people that I rub shoulders with, with my vocation and with my job and my employment. And then I've got all those I'm around at Wobbly World, Walmart. And the list goes on and on and on. You see, it's not just those who are sent that are, rep are to represent Jesus Christ and at least be a, an example of who a Christian is. One who is Christ-like. And Jesus is saying is we can receive empowerment to fulfill that responsibility of being a witness. Hallelujah. You don't look very excited tonight. Now look at this. You shall receive power. Now, that's kind of a little blind to us. And this word power is coming from the Greek word dudamis. That's where we get the English word dynamite. Now, I like dynamite. I used to have to work with dynamite. I had a license to buy dynamite. I had a license to set dynamite off. And it's awesome because it's this little stick that can move tens to thousands worth of ton of stone just enough so that you can start picking it up with a front end loader. And that's how I made my living for so many years. Well, this dynamite, the, the, the natural side, is what you're receiving, what I received, when the Holy Spirit came upon us. Now, translated from the Greek into English, the definition of dudamis is God's miracle working power. 
Now, right there is the reason why Jesus said the believers need to be filled with the Spirit. So they can be carriers of God's miracle-working power that will be in demonstration during their lifetime that others around them can witness that God is alive and well. And that Jesus has been resurrected and is alive today and is working upon the earth, upon a believer that has his dunamis, that has his miracle-working power. This word dunamis also means ability. It means abundance. It means mighty deed or worker of miracles. It also means power, strength, and mighty, wonderful work. Now that's the potential for every believer that's filled with the Holy Spirit and speaks in a heavenly language. Hallelujah. I want some of that. Amen? Not for myself. Remember, I already have the Spirit inside me. I'm born of the Spirit. I have the Spirit to help me personally. But this endowment, this anointing, this empowerment by the Holy Spirit coming on us are for those around us. Amen. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. And that's why he wants us to have this power, develop this power, utilize this power to be a witness. To be a witness. Hallelujah. So understand that being filled with the Spirit increases the level of heavenly power we can utilize on the earth to be a witness to those around us. You see, if I'm not experiencing heavenly power in my life, if I'm not seeing God's power working, what do we mean working in our life? Well, we, 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 we see he tells us to lay hands on the sick. Doesn't he? You see, that's why he wants you filled with dudamus. So when you lay hands on the sick, that that power will flow from you into them to bring about a cure. If I'm not seeing power in my life, could it be that I'm not developing the power he gave me when I was filled with the Holy Spirit? with the evidence of other tongues. You see, there, there, there comes this mentality or this way of thinking that once you have something, that's all there is to it. I got it. But understand that being filled with the Holy Spirit is just the doorway of having this power. You've got to learn from Scripture how you can increase that power that's upon you. And that's what we're going to talk about next time. Once you and I begin to learn how to use 
this gift that we've been given and we begin to cooperate with that gift as per scripture and what the Bible tells us to do, that we'll start seeing more power being demonstrated in our life because we're generating more power to help others. Amen? Well, I trust that you've been quiet tonight because you're thinking. <laughs> I know you're not sleeping. I know you're not daydreaming because I see your eyeballs, right? Hallelujah. But I'm so glad that you're here tonight. So pretty much we've just introduced this subject matter. We're going to get into how to increase individually on us God's power so it will begin manifesting in our life. Not to draw attention to you, not to draw attention to me, but to draw attention to the one who gave us the gift, Jesus. Amen? Father, tonight I want to thank you that you've, you've begun us thinking about this gift of being filled and to have the Holy Spirit come upon us. Father, cause us to be more curious, cause us to be more desirous to learn about the Holy Spirit and what the potential of what he's able to do in our life so that we can help others. I thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for coming out tonight. I'm glad you were able to make it on this Wednesday night. We'll see you next time. Amen. God bless. Thanks for watching tonight.